I preach to you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the Church in Lord's Day 2 of the Heidelberg Catechism. We'll read that together. You can see that it's a continuation of the second question and answer. What you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort, and the first thing is how great my sins and misery are. It's the Lord's Day 2 begins to look at our sin and misery. Question and answer three, the church confesses, from where do you know your sins and misery? From the law of God. What does God's law require of us? Christ teaches us this in a summary in Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Can you keep all this perfectly? And no, I am inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbor. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you can imagine the scene. It's very, very dark. Your clothes are soaked through with wet, salty, cold water. It's drying your skin out, sapping your strength. You're going up and down, up and down, cold, miserable. You do your best to make things a little better for yourself. You, you wring out your clothes, but every time you do that, they just get wet again. Maybe another wave or even worse, someone else out there splashing, making your clothes wet again. What is, what's happening? Where are you? You have a small flashlight in your hand and you can see a little bit around you. It appears that you are floating in the water on a plank of wood. You're holding on. There are many other people on the same plank as you. You feel really angry because someone else who is stuck on the same plank of wood as, as you are in the middle of the sea is, has a nerve to, to make you wet. You hear the conversation as people look around with their flashlights. Where, where are we? Is there a way to escape? And we can use this illustration as a comparison and analogy to understand what we confess in Lord's Day 2 about the situation of fallen man today. The water is like sin. It's cold. It saps your strength. It dries you out. It's hard to get away from. It's all around you. All around us we see others in a similar situation with similar struggles who often end up hurting us. Often even people we love. This causes us frustration and and anger. The little flashlight could be compared to, 
to our understanding, the understanding of man as, as we try to come to some conclusion about our situation. And that's the context for the, the entrance of the law of God. And as we read in, in John, as well as the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in his fullness. The law enters our life, it's like a mighty a spotlight that comes down and, and illuminates our situation. Spotlight that comes from above and just knows, teaches us exactly where we are. I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ that the law is like a spotlight that reveals that fallen man is lost in the sea of sin. We'll see that the light is perfect, that the light condemns us, and that the light gives us hope. We could see that the catechism then uh, starts with the law of God. Talks about our sins and misery in the first place. It's the first thing the human being needs to know. In fact, we do the same thing in our worship services every Sunday. The services where we come together to, to be in the presence of our most holy God. We receive the blessing. We, 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 we confess our dependence on Him. We sing His praise and for the privilege of being together and then we, we realize where we are. We hear the law. And that law is a reference to the Ten Commandments that God Himself wrote with His own finger on Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments which are explained in the other books of Moses proclaimed and affirmed by the prophets, the wisdom literature like the Psalms and the Proverbs. Also in the teaching of Jesus Christ we see that law. The original word for law Torah means instruction. And the law is God's instruction to all His creatures. Our Creator, the one who created every man, He also gave a man, man this instruction manual about how to use your body, how to live in your relationships, how to speak, how to do your job, how the world works. The law then reflects the holiness and, and the glory of the Creator. And looking at the law, we get a better idea of the nature of God Himself. That's why we sing, we sing Psalm 19. The law is wonderful, sweeter than honey. Psalm 119, the longest psalm, just filled with, with praise for the, the law, the statutes, the precepts that God has revealed to us. We see then that the law is not something arbitrary, a, a set of rules that God arbitrarily chose to, to test people, to test our limits to test our obedience. But it is, as Paul says, the law is holy, it's just. It's emanating from our most holy and righteous God. The law is the truth. The law reveals the reality. The law is an integral part of all creation which, which reveals the nature of our God and our Creator. When we see the law, we can say there is a God and I know what He is like. He reveals Himself to me. And that law, brothers and sisters, is perfect. 
In Matthew 22, a, a Pharisee was talking to the Lord Jesus. He said to the Lord, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And the Lord Jesus he replied, he answered by summarizing the law. And in this way he showed how the law has to do with all of our life, all of our life. He says, and, and we also find that in our confession, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So the law is saying what? Love your God. Love your neighbor. And then we understand what we read in, in 1 John. When we say we're obeying the commandments, we're saying we're, we're loving God. We're loving our neighbor. The God who made you is a God of love. God made you in order to love Him, to, to love your neighbor. And so the law that we read every Sunday says that love God. That's the first four commandments. With your whole being, all your thoughts, your words, with all you do. Never doubt that God is always with you. Trust Him always. And so trusting, understand that He made you to live in peace and harmony with those around you. That's the fifth commandments, five to ten. So the law reveals your God. He reveals this, this world in which you live. He reveals the, the path that you should walk in, which you were made to walk in. It's true. It's perfect. And that fundamental revelation the law. It can be compared to this light, the light of a, a large spotlight that shines in the darkness of the fallen world. It is something we can compare ourselves to. The prophet Amos talked about a, a plumb line in the middle of the people. It shows you how you are you straight like that plumb line or are you are you crooked? The law shows you where you are, how you stand. It reaches every part of our lives. It clearly exposes who we are. So every Sunday when we hear that law, we need to understand, we need to see that it comes as a light. It says to us, love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. You hear that. You compare yourself to that truth. It will expose you for who you are. What do you see when the Lord Jesus says, Love God and love your neighbor as yourself? And that light comes right into your life, right into your marriage, right into your school, right into your workplace. How do you measure up when the light? comes in how do you measure up on Sunday morning think about it as a people of God together 
What does it reveal about our world? What does it reveal about you? Well, we can see that that light condemns us. And the perfect law of love enters our lives, makes it easy to see our sinfulness. There are two reactions. Many people flee the light of this revelation because they want to continue walking in darkness. We read about that many times in the Gospels. We read that also in the letters of Paul. The light of God and His holiness is, is so bright that they are afraid of their, their own wickedness, their own wretchedness. We confess and Belgian confession that the, the demons they know that their condemnation is sure they're, they're trembling every day that light is shining and so these people would rather not know would rather not see a sign that condemns them they'd rather embrace the illusions the lie then face their God. We call such people the, the ungodly, unbelievers. But we also see a reaction in, in our midst. Something that is very common, something that we all do. We're so used to thinking about the grace of God, that we live by grace, that often we do not realize how much we need this grace. We compare our lives with the wicked who are fleeing the commandment of love. We begin to think that, you know, compared to them, it's okay with us. If we think my little light, this little light of mine, I, I will let it shine in, in the sense of I, I got something here that they don't have. I pray. I read my Bible. I love my family. In fact, that Ten Commandments every Sunday it confirms my godliness. And you know what we see? We see pride in our lives, brothers and sisters. And it's so great that, that when we sin, we try to justify our sins by blaming others. I, I, I commit adultery. Because my wife, she's, she's so cold. I stole a little, my, but my, employee, my employer, he's very unfair. He doesn't give enough. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a bad person. Yeah, I, I've I sinned and having a lot of trouble showing love to others. It's, I didn't really learn a lot. The, teach, the church didn't really teach me very well. God made me this way. I know it's not a lot of good things in my life, but it, it can't be my fault. And then we, with this attitude of pride, this ignorance about who we are, in a sense we're also not listening to that law every Sunday, also ignoring that light, and then we get very angry when someone else has the nerve to sin against us. 
And when we do not understand the depth of, of sin and of our sins, we're surprised by the sins of others against us. He caused suffering in my life. Imagine that. Like the, the, the gall of it. How could he do that to me? Isn't he a Christian? And then our light looks pretty bright. Looks pretty bright compared to that darkness in the world. That's the struggle. And that's why we need the law. Because when you're holding your little flashlight in the darkness, it's nothing compared to the full light of God's revelation in His law. Everything changes. The spotlight of the law makes your little flashlight useless. The, the law fills your world with, with light. And it exposes that you standing there holding that little flashlight, you are the naked one. You have all those warts and blemishes, dirtiness, past of the sad past. And the law comes in and, and it makes you stop and, and see the reality. It shows how you yourself are walking in the dark. It takes away every little speck of pride you may have in you. And then you see the biggest problem in your little world is not what others have done against you. But the biggest problem is the sin that fills your own fallen heart. The problem in your life is that you want to do what God forbids. The source of all your problems is that by nature we are inclined to hate God and hate our neighbor. So we read in Romans 3 that no one is righteous, not even one. Paul makes it very clear. And in Romans 3 verse 20, it's a, a very clear verse touches on the same point. Romans 3 verse 20. We read, therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. The, the light of the law condemns us. So we go back to that illustration. We're on this plank of wood, up and down, darkness and cold. We have our little flashlights, and we're trying to find a way to escape our situation. The spotlight comes and illuminates, shows us exactly the situation, and we see that we're together with, with all other, with every other human being on this plank in the middle of the ocean. And it doesn't make a difference if you're a gold medalist Olympic swimmer or you don't even know how to swim. You can't save yourself. The, the shore is too far away. If you try to do it yourself, you will die. And so you're in the same situation 
as everyone else. Yeah, you thought your flashlight was a little brighter. But that law condemns us. The Lord says, he who sins against me will die. The wages of sin are death. Since we're all in the same situation, we better expect to get splashed a little bit by others. Someone else begins to have a struggle and, and they also commit sin. You spray, the splash will, will come to you. You will be influenced. You wouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. The law reveals that. Floating in the ocean and so near the water, the sea of sin, you will get wet. So pay attention to the, the law is saying. It's, it's exposing about you, those who are around you. Pay attention, brothers and sisters, because the law shows to us that we can't do it ourselves. We are in, in a sense, if only judged by that law, in a hopeless situation. The only chance of life is grace. Salvation has to come from outside of us. That's what the law tells us. It says, this is who you are. This is your situation. You need salvation from outside of yourself. We need that cord coming down from heaven to help us. You could say, you could imagine again that the scene, a helicopter. A helicopter, the big spotlight that, that shows the desperate situation of, of the stranded man in the middle of the sea, so far from the shore in this utter darkness. That's what the law is doing. And so the law also is a source of hope. It's good to know the truth of our situation. It allows us to be calmer. It allows us to, to be more, have a greater desire to, to pray for others. Especially those who are hurting us. It allows us also to understand who is our enemy. So the law is a light that convinces me of my sin, but it also urges me to seek salvation in the right place. When the light reveals that we cannot rely on our own strength, then we will, we will look for someone to help us. The law obliges us to look to God for our salvation. Just like the swimmer in the, in the, on that plank in the ocean, he sees that light he thinks a little bit, he says, well, where's that light coming from? That light is showing things. It shows how bad the situation is. But it's also a source of hope. The same law that reveals that we are sinners, that, that condemns us, that law brings us hope. Who is the God who is being revealed in this law? Who is this God most holy, most perfect, and most merciful? If you felt convicted by the reading of the law today, you, you need to ask that question. Who is the source of this piercing light? 
Who is being revealed in, in this perfection that touches every part of my life? It is our God who also speaks to us about His grace, about His salvation in Jesus Christ, about forgiveness. God reveals the law so that we seek Him and stop resting in our own strength, following our own desires. So, so we lift up our eyes from this situation and this temporary struggles of life and, and we look to the eternal, sovereign King of the universe. And then we see that in Him, that light is Christ, the beacon of hope. Christ who fulfilled the law perfectly for us. Christ who came as, as fully God and fully man to give us access to the heavenly throne. The gospel is that He obeyed. He paid our debt. We hear that when we're preaching or we're, when we're in the, in the worship service hearing the preaching. Every time we hear it, it's, it's, it's a reminder that God has come, that we have our salvation. Just like the joy of being saved from death in the ocean by that rope coming down from the helicopter is much greater than, than just having identified the problem. Also the joy of salvation in Christ is much greater than just having identified that we need Him. And the gospel message is that He has come to save us from our sins. And so where are you in this whole scenario? That's what we confess in, in Lord's Day 2. I am inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbor. I don't love as I should. I see my sins. But I know my Savior. I know that He loved perfectly. I know that He came down as a word, like a Savior who came and, and tied that, that rope of salvation around my waist. And although here we are still caught in the sea of sin, still being discouraged, still discouraging others, you know that in Christ you're set free from that. You're about to leave. You can be sure of your forgiveness and your salvation. If you know that, then you should also know how serious it is to reject your Savior. To start ignoring that light, that law that exposes your pride. Be like one on that, a person on that plank in water after he's got a rope around him, he starts trying to take that off and chuck it off. Doesn't want to know that he needs help. Doesn't want to know how bad his situation is. And he will not be saved. Also, knowing our situation allows us to have patience with one another. Brothers and sisters, it's a, a sad thing to see divisions and fights, gossip, in the church of Jesus Christ. The church that says the ten words of the covenant every Sunday. 
we'll get wet. We'll get wet eh, by the remaining sins in our own hearts, the hearts of others. We're hurt by these sins. But the solution isn't in you telling others or you holding grudge. The solution is in praying that that person may also affected by that light may look to Jesus Christ. The solution is in confessing our own sins. And in Christ we can see that return journey. The journey to that perfect situation which is revealed in the law that we never can attain. We're trying and trying but we can't attain that perfection. The law, the promise is in Christ we can. In Christ we can have that perfect peace with God and with our neighbor. We're looking forward to that. The law gives us hope because of God's grace. By God's grace, you hear the law. Now we look to God's grace in our time of need. One day we will come out of this difficult situation. One day we will hurt no more, nor be hurt anymore. We'll be with the source of light and life forever. Walking around unashamed. The word we read in John, unashamed, looking to God unashamed. And that's what the, the law teaches us. Brothers and sisters, there is hope. There's a perfect God and a perfect Savior. Let's rejoice in Him. Amen.